Hey, what's up? Uh, this is episode four of the Butcher Bordello of Blood podcast. Uh, I'm Zach Butcher. As always, I have my co-host, Blade Brown. And uh, this week we have uh, mystery man Jason from Graf Warlock here talking with us. And uh, we're going to ask him a bunch of questions about uh, about the Gorlock. Hey, Jason, what's up? So. Hey. <laughs> uh, he just gave us like I a ten-minute thing about the band, and I feel like an asshole because it wasn't recorded. <laughs> Yeah. So should I reiterate some words I said? Oh, if you'd like. Know, ask me a question and I'll answer. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the way we normally start it is we ask a couple, like, it's like a two-part question. Um, it's, what's your earliest memory of horror and what's your earliest memory of the art you make? So if you want to, like, break it down and be, like, you know, playing guitar, even singing, um, running a label, you know, you can go through all of that. Um. I'd mentioned this comment when we were talking earlier, but I'm more of an action guy, sure. as you might have noticed. And um, I enjoy horror, but probably one of my earliest memories of horror was like watching Poltergeist when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and being like going in the other room and putting a pillow over my head because <laughs> it like freaked me out. But later on, I came to enjoy like the the campy more the more campy horror stuff because it's yeah. like. I mean, it's just in line with um, the things I like about action movies, which are, you know, they're like stupid and over the top. And right. they they truly have some kind of either like socioeconomic or cultural subtext that's always super funny, right. like, especially with action movies in the 80s. But um, so with horror, I would say that or comic books, some of them. Oh, and yeah, man. With music. I started playing guitar when I was like 11, which was a long time ago, but, um, I didn't start, I like messed around with bands throughout high school and in junior high, but I didn't actually play, the first show I played was May 1st in 1999, which was 20 years ago, 20 years ago, more than 20 years ago. It was um, was a little more. 21? Yeah. It's, uh, I was 17, maybe. In a couple of days, I turned 39. So I was, I've been playing since I was 17 in bands, like really. Yeah. But uh, been running a label since 2009. Uh, I wouldn't call it singing what I do, but. Well, yeah, I, all right, man. <laughs> you know. You know what I mean? I didn't start doing that until it was absolutely necessary, which was with Gorlock. So, um, yeah, I've always kind of, when it came down to like that period in time when socialized young men are either turned into sports people i just didn't i just played guitar so yeah um i've never really had an interest in any of that stuff it's always been it was first like when i was growing up like beach boys my dad listened to sabbath which was sick and then i really got into uh, like metallica early on slayer when i was like in fifth grade and because there was Metallica covered Last Crest and Green Hell on like a, a tape single for the Black yeah. Album. I went and bought a tape of, um, I think I bought Walk Among Us. Yeah. And then I got really into the Misfits and that direction. So for me, I always like would play, I was like a guitar player that played metal, but I was into punk and metal and uh, punk always punk and hardcore always spoke to me more on like an ethical premises like the music could sound metal but 
it had to be about kind of had something more than that because the metal scene regardless of how many metal bands I like the metal scene is like ridiculous and shitty and stupid yeah. it has no idea about what money is or how money should be handled you know it's like right. buy a $70 long sleeve is stupid so <laughs> um, yeah so those are my two entry points but sure. at this point in my life like 90% of the people I know or interact with daily art because of music so um Bait, I mean, we'll you know we'll just kind of work everything, both horror and action. But um, do you have like an earliest memory of action movies, or even anything that oh, was yeah. like a crossover? Because like we talked to a dude a couple episodes ago, and he was like, "Well, the first horror movie I saw was Terminator," and I'm like, "Yeah, technically," but I'm like, you know, Terminator is definitely like crossed area. Yeah. Uh, I was, I don't know why I didn't watch so much horror, but I was like deeply into action movies, like yeah. The first memories I have, like, I, when I was a kid, I would watch Arnold movies a lot. Commando, Predator was one of Predators in Near Perfect Film, 1987. I've right? got, so a, I've got a Predator story for you after all this, don't worry. <laughs> Good. When I, that came out when I was like, I don't know, in kindergarten or something, I was like five. So yeah. that's just shit I would watch all the time. But I, one of the funny things is that I remember watching one of the Conan movies that came out before that. Because mm-hmm. we would watch them a lot. I have like one older brother. He's four years older than me, so I was kind of like always watching shit like that. But I remember thinking, which is really fucked up when I think about it. I remember thinking that like I thought that the people that were being like stabbed by Conan were actually being stabbed. And I remember oh, yeah. thinking when I was a kid, like, oh, I wonder if their families get paid for that. <laughs> <laughs> and later on, later on, it, I realized just how fucked up that was. But on my uh, on my, th- I think it was my thirtieth birthday. We played a show some years ago, and um, my parents came, and we were playing on the floor, and they were like standing on this stage, and I was like pointing to them, like blame them, if you don't blame somebody. And, my, <laughs> and after my dad goes, my mom's like, "Well, it was pretty fast." I'm like, "Yeah." And then my dad says, "This is what I get for having the TV raise you," <laughs> which is funny. Um. I, uh, I I played in a band before, and I play in a band now, and the band I used to play in was like a horror doom band, and What's my parents were... What are they called? Uh, they were called Coop, and the new band is called Griphook. Uh, actually, thinking about it, a lot of that stuff, like, so I got into it, and I was like, yeah, you know, like horror movies they sound cool and it was like love for Danzig and then uh, this dude that used to live in LA he uh, he lived in Akron he was like yeah it's cool that you're writing all these songs about movies and you've got samples but Graf Orlock already does that and I'm like what the fuck is Graf Orlock and I listened to the I listened to Gorlock and I'm like oh dude this band did it way better and like Coop like it was fine you know whatever and like Grip Book is more what I wanted it to be but still the whole time I'm just like I always, like, tell people, oh, I'm just ripping off Danzig. But anyone that actually knows is like, well, it's more Graf Orlock. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, I, I always um, try to rip off Danzig, too. <laughs> At least one one through four only. But Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, Sam Hain is great and The Misfits, obviously. But Danzig 3 is, like, the pinnacle. Like, 4 is good, but 3 is, like, my peak. Danzig 2 is mine. Lucifuge. Interesting. Yeah, Lucifuge is good. It's real good. And, I mean, the intro alone, like... Long way back from hell is like a kick, like just the fucking kicking it off. Uh, you know, me and the singer Gorlock, we do like uh-huh. a, we do every. Well, we've done it a couple times, but we're trying to do it this year. 
we try to we do this like band to cover band yeah for halloween and then like the people in my other new band that i mentioned earlier sweat the singer tuna and then anthony the drummer dangerous they do a misfits one hell and yeah some of the some of the dudes that used to be in uh tough kata and seven sisters of sleep and and we talk they do like a champagne one. Oh, dude we we did uh my girlfriend learned how to play bass for it we did a misfits cover set uh we did it was four <laughs> times precarious. and uh yeah and uh not, not was, because uh, she's a woman but because you just learned it right then that's precarious yeah it yeah works. she was just like yeah 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 that's fine <laughs> and so we uh we called it the pissfits and then um there's another band out of akron called fringe candidate it's like the dudes that run earthquaker devices and oh. uh they sick. uh Earth, earthquake rules yeah all those dudes are sick um they've like just they put up with all of our shit they're like yeah you guys did fine you know but uh they they do a danzig cover set and yeah. i'm always bummed that like the pissfits died before we could do like a pissfits danzig thing together you know i want to um, compete with them they probably have too many pedals <laughs> but i want to compete with them anyways they're they're pretty fucking good with those pedals, man. Yeah, Jamie Stillman's been playing in bands since like 1995, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, it's fine. It's not that hard." And I'm like, "Okay, man. I was born in 1995." And he's like, "Well, yeah. whatever." It works. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, you get good enough to do something. Hopefully, um, hopefully over time. <laughs> with uh, with Predator, I showed my girlfriend Predator, and she was like. So this movie's gay, right? And I was like, "What do you mean?" And she's yeah. like, "This is the most homoerotic movie I've ever seen." And I was like, yeah. "Well, you're not wrong, <laughs> but I'm like, it's like a cool action movie, and then it gets sci-fi." And she's like, "Yeah, but I've seen gay porn that's less gay than this movie." And she's like, yeah. "I just I can't take it seriously." She's like, "It's funny, but it's just not like a serious thing." And I was like, "All right, well, that's fine." That's what's so amazing about '80s and '90s action movies in that yeah. regard is that it's so masculine that it just it won't even allow women to be in them, right? <laughs> so, so, like, the only next step, I talked to my friend, Rolly, that um, he he played in Dangerous before, and he played Gorlock for a while, and he's uh, he has this, like, kind of Gorgut-style band called Teeth that are, like, super sick. Mm-hmm. Um, he We always talk about this, how that, how, like, those movies are just so, so masculine that they're just gay because they're, they like refuse to even talk to women. Yeah. And that's kind of the one, one of the funny things about that is it's in those movies that I think about sometimes your girlfriend's totally right. It's like, <laughs> you know, if you look at a movie like Roadhouse, there's a line in Roadhouse where a guy is trying to fight Patrick Swayze and he, we sample it. So it's like, I used to fuck guys like you in prison. Like yeah. that's his threat. Yeah. And then everything else is like, like, there are some movies that literally have no women in them, you know? Right. And, and like, the undercurrent of the relationship between the guys are they're like we're just like best buddies you know it, it's in a in a classic like alexander the great mode where like his his like best friend was <laughs> like they clearly had a relationship but modern scholars like refuse to deal with that directly they like don't want to talk or even in like the, the 19th century early 20th century they refuse to just like acknowledge that like Alexander went on some like just grief binge when his best friend died, you know. Right. Come on. Clear. Yeah. Yeah, well, on. I remember um <laughs> my girlfriend is real big into Shakespearean literature and I like I took mm-hmm. a bunch of classes in college uh at the end and I was like, "Oh yeah, you know like she's in the classes, I don't even care." Like it was at the point where it was just you take whatever and you're good. And uh I remember one of the plays, it was just like, you know, this dude's a 
like very famous warrior and his best friend dies and he's just like yeah i can't do anything i'm grief stricken and i'm just that like, is oh that is exactly what happened with alexander yeah like yeah and i was and like all right <laughs> it's just it's really annoying that i'm sure nietzsche has a lot to say about this but it's really annoying that when judeo-christian kind of like morality overtakes like those things that are just existing throughout human history yeah. become like bad and evil and gross like right. who cares my new own business <laughs> yeah and i think i mean like i i always as far as like the the action dudes went you know like i always opted for like arnold movies because there was more like humor in it i guess and it was like yeah. they would they would cross over into other genres but like sylvester stallone i was just like i just assumed this dude is like homophobic like i don't i don't know that dude just seemed like a man's man but like in the worst way same thing with like stallone charles is, bronson well charles bronson's super interesting because he was way older than those yeah. dudes and he, he like lied about his age too so he was like extra old so when something like death wish came out which is has been since remade by bruce right. willis as kind of like an nra wet dream yeah right? like <laughs> it it was like kind of detached from those things but like even look at expendables right which is right. just a bunch of like buff dudes talking about how like much they like hanging out with each other you know yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah, yeah. The, uh what i love best about all of the action movies especially the stuff that like we have used in Gorlock songs is like the cold war context subtext yeah which predator falls into that too which seems like it doesn't but you know like they drop them on the border of guatemala to go after all of these like marxist rebels and it's right. just always that stuff shit's always there it's like red dawn the first pg-13 movie is about you know like cuba and the soviet union invading the midwest for grain when poland runs out of it like it's like crazy Right. So it's very fitting time and place stuff to me, which is why kind of later ones are sometimes shitty and you have to pivot a little bit when we were trying to pick what later stuff we wanted to do. Yeah. Be because like Doombox ended up being like three West Coast and three East Coast games through movies. Or like Heat, that LA 7 Inch 2012 was, it's all about the movie Heat and like mm -hmm. the weird things in LA. Um, so yeah it's it's very weird but that stuff's really interesting to me i'm not like a film again i'm not a film student but <laughs> it's like all that stuff has a lot of interplay especially from a historical perspective because that's kind of my shit there so i i was always interested in like the like the history of the movies and stuff like that but it was always like my my interest stopped because i was just too stupid to understand some of it and i was like yeah you know that's, <laughs> that's fine like whatever <laughs> I mean, but like, there's a there's a lot of shit to know in the world. Uh, that's fair. That's that's fair. Um, and sometimes then, like, it's not it's not like you don't necessarily want to fill it with like what the potential time issues in T two are going to be. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, the, the Terminator <laughs> series as a whole, like look, looking at any of it, it's just an absolute nightmare. Like none of that There's shit actually worse. lines up. <laughs> I mean, the, you, the you have to, you have to worse, stop it. Like... You have to stop it too. You can't get into like the other ones. Did you did you like any of the other ones? So like for me, it's like one, two, and five. I have not seen six. Five. Uh, wait, let's count it here because there was three, which is terrible. There's Salvation, yeah. which was if it was a different kind, if it was a different non-Terminator movie, I would have liked it more. Sure. Um, then there was Genesis, and then yeah, there was it had Dark Matt Fate. Smith in it, and then yeah, Dark Fate. I saw Gen Genesis on tour once. We had to decide whether we were going to see Minions or Genesis. 
<laughs> so I decided to go see Genesis. And I just, the only thing I dislike about it is that it wipes out the previous, like, kind of timeline. And then Dark Fate, actually, we saw Dark Fate when we were, when Gorlock was playing Fest in Florida, like, two years ago. Um, I have a shirt. That was, me. like, hell yeah. Were you there? <laughs> No, uh, the dude that plays bass in Grip Hook, he went and he was like, well, you know, like, is there anything you want? And I was like, I want a Graf Warlock shirt. And he was you like, Logan what one? is that? He got the one that had uh, the the apes from Planet of the Apes, like, cooking oh, yeah. a human. Yeah. No, that's our that's our Jehovah's Witness shirt. It's like, <laughs> it's mocking, like, the Mormon literature they hand out. Oh, okay. Yeah. With the, the subtext on it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it says, because it's paint, it's drawn that way. Mm-hmm. And then it makes fun of the idea that, like, man has dominion over animals in the Bible. So, you know, like, they have a bunch of humans, dead bodies. It's like, no, yeah. son, we have, domi- the, we have dominion over them. <laughs> I wear it to work all the time. I work in a library, and people are always just like, oh, is that Planet of the Apes? And I'm like, yep, it's good yes. enough. Like- <laughs> yes, it is. Stop asking. That, um, so, yeah, your friend, I sold him that because I was telling him Right on. Hell Thank, yeah. Thanks for buying it. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but so, so yeah, like, so Terminator 5, I thought it was fine. I, you know, seeing Matt Smith in a Terminator movie, I was like, okay, right on. But then everything but re- else, like. But they took 15 minutes of that movie to remake the first scene with Michael Bean in Terminator 1. Yeah. Like, yeah. why do that? I get that the new guy that was in, like, Die Hard 5 that was supposed to uh, be Kyle Reese now. Right. But, like, just leave it alone. I know that it's a cash cow, and I'll go see it, and other people go see it, but it's, like, right. it's doing a disservice to um, to the, you know, whatever, the legacy of the first two. Sure. Wait, well, hold I on, feel... guys. I... As somebody who's, I'm going to get kicked off my own podcast, but as somebody who's never seen a Terminator movie, <laughs> what is Rise of the Machines, and why did we skip over that? Rise of the Machines is the third one that sucks. Oh, okay, it's the one yeah. that sucked? All right, cool. Yeah. There's one cool yeah. scene, and it's like Arnold comes out of a casket with a machine gun. That's yeah, it. Yeah, that's, like, that's cool, because right. it, it has some, like, uh, existentialist nihilism to it. But You you can the, watch it on YouTube. You'll be fine. The other... There's nothing really worth watching after 2. Because, like, 2 is, like, the blockbuster 1991 right. one. And yeah. 1 is in a similar kind of parallel to Alien and Aliens. Alien and Terminator are kind of, like, sci-fi-y. And right. then... This, the sequels to both of them are like the action ones. Okay, cool. Even like listening to the scores of like Alien and Aliens, you know, Aliens has like the nice like spacey everything, you know, and then Aliens mm-hmm. like has all the like war essentially. Alien is like the slow burner sci fi, right. like out in the depths of space on the Nostromo. And then the second one is like, it just is a straight up like a uh, group action movie with like Bill Paxton yeah. you have like the woman um, Vasquez who plays Vasquez she's John mm-hmm. Connor's foster mom in T2 you oh have, shit uh, I didn't even realize that you have all these other people that of course are going with her but that's actually my favorite one because it's just so like balls to the walls and ridiculous I Alien has always been my favorite just because of like the overall everything but Aliens mm-hmm. is definitely like a hard stop like three just thinking about it, like, it pisses me off so bad. And then four is okay, whatever. The basketball well, in, scene is funny, I guess. In a similar way that, that the Black Flag reunions have ruined the legacy of Black Flag, <laughs> so has 
anything. I mean, yeah, the Alien vs. Predator shit, the later, like, the crossover there, and then Predators, and then The Predator, which was done by Shane Black, which is funny, because he was in yeah. Predator 1. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind like, that one. That was, it was fine. It's fine. It's just, like, it's too self-referential, you know? Like, yeah. okay, we all get it. Yes, Predator exists. That's why we're watching this movie. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you don't need to tell <laughs> me about it more. Um, yeah. So, we even have a, one of our dogs are, is named Newt after the orphan in, in Aliens. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, none of ours. So, we've got a dog that's named after Beatrice from Series of Unfortunate Events. We've got a dog yes. that's named after, uh, her name's Peaches, and she's just named after, like, Peaches. Um, we've got Peaches, a cat named... the singer, or Peaches, <laughs> the President of the United States of America song? Uh, the the food, but uh, the president's song is a big one in this house. Becca and I are yeah. both big fans. Um, I saw Peaches the singer at Riot Fest, and it was pretty cool. All the dudes that were working uh, security, they were all just like crabby old white dudes, and they just kept making fun of like her being naked. And they're like, "Man, if she was like thirty years younger, this would have been hot." And it was just that for an hour, and I was like, "Real surprising." Okay. Yeah, yeah. That event staff were uh, missed the nuances of something. Go, yeah, go figure. Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, as as the as the questions go on with the podcast, it's always just kind continue. of like you know, uh, working working through like the the relation or the personal history. So when and in your example or in your case, when did action movies and music meet? Was there something prior to Gorlock, or was it you know that was the hard line? So, uh, the drummer Gorlock, his name is Adam, or his Gorlock pseudonym is Alan. He's, uh, we've always done all the records. Oops. Yeah. We've always done all the records together. Um, but he's lived out of California for quite a while. Like, maybe even 10 years. Like, mm -hmm. a while. So, when we would go on tours, like, sometimes he would just fly out to Japan and we would tour or whatever. But, he lived in Phoenix, he lived in Georgia, and now he lives in Chapel Hill. And um, so sometimes other people play drums in Gorlock, like at shows. So the drummer goes and play for a while. And then um, another guy named Sina, who's been playing with Gorlock since 2016, he plays drums. But Adam and I have always, like, the band was always our band. Like, he, right. he's done all the artwork, he does the art, and then I do the other stuff. And, um, then we just write the songs together. So when we were in a band that was kind of like an at the gate style band back in the day, that was okay. called As Hope Dies. It was me and him and some other people from maybe 99 to 03. And we had always had kind of like fake bands that we fuck around with at practice and stuff. One was called Dead Babies on 10 Foot Pikes, which now he has two children, which seems kind of Maybe he probably doesn't like it that anymore. <laughs> but one was called uh, Vehicular Manslaughter, which was tight. Yeah. And it was kind of like grindy, but um, it had like, we put movie samples in it for some reason from like office space. There's like, the sample yeah. was like 30 seconds long and the song was like 10 seconds long, you know, like right. dumb shit. And then we had this idea for a band that was going to be like a grind band, but it was all toms, like there's no snare in it. And that was going to be called Graf Warlock. So, Eventually, when I quit this other band, our last show was in like October of 03, and we had already been, we decided that we would already like start writing songs as 
Corlock. So I think the first show might have been like right at the beginning of 04, but it was, um, the idea was that there'd be no vocals, like no one would sing because the singer in the other band was so annoying. And like <laughs> the idea that there would be samples between every song so no one could talk between the songs because yeah. that other dude was super annoying. So when we started playing shows, it was just like um, the bass player, me, him, and then our other friend doing samples. Mm-hmm. So it was just like 10 songs, like sample songs, sample songs, like no talking as kind of a middle finger to people. Yeah. And then at some point we decided like a couple shows in that we would um, all sing. So like if someone sang, everyone had to sing. <clears throat> and the guy that did samples was like, you know, didn't really need to be there. So I just started doing them from that one. So yeah. I would just have it on top of my amp and I would do the samples and there would be two singers. But um, so the idea kind of developed and then I remember looking, I was like at a bookstore and I was looking at a, a horror film book and I, it never dawned on me that Nosferatu was Graf Warlock, right? Like right. that's his actual name. And I was like, oh, that's a sick name because it really is not genre specific. You know, if you're like cephalic carnage, you're like, okay, yeah. I know what that sounds like already. If it's like, um, you know, something else with a stupid name, you probably can tell what genre it is or like, X bound by blood X or you know what I mean yeah for sure so it appealed to me in that regard similarly the way the ghost limb did later on the ghost limb the name was from a cursive song because I like cursive so it it was like the funny idea that everyone has this fundamental problem because of their umbilical cord they're like disconnection from their mother like anyways I like the idea of being a not genre specific name Um, and then so by then 04 we were kind of playing, and then our first tour was like in 05. We had toured before in the other band. Like, we toured the U.S. maybe four times, but mm. when we were younger. But we actually knew what we were doing then. And then from from there on, 07 was like our first tour outside of the country. We did Europe with Comadre, and then like every year after that, we did something outside the country. So um, basic. Oh, fuck. Sorry. Go ahead. So basically, when you were starting, like, like, Gorok was just starting to tour you'd already been like through the ringer and you knew what was going on. So you disguised and come into it like rookies touring and everything. You just had a plan. Yeah. It was like already fun by then because <laughs> those other tours that we did, we were 18, 19, 20 or so. And you know, at the time, not to like, I don't feel like old man or whatever. I'm not saying that shit, but there's yeah. things were just different back then. You know, like the same way that when we started touring, I was like bemoaning that, I mentioned Black Flag, but like Black Flag and Minor Threat, they'd have to like show up in the city and call someone when they got there to figure out where to go. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like back when we started touring, like I didn't have a cell phone. I had like a phone card and we printed out directions and we had like map books and shit. So one of the big things though was we just didn't know what the fuck we were doing because we were just starting and you know, you have in a month long tour, you have like a couple days off here. Like the rule after that, like when Gorlocks are, it was like no days off ever unless you have to have days off like travel. So, um, yeah, by the time that we started the first U.S. tour, I think we did, we did like West Coast tour in 05, and then we did U.S. tour in 05, in 06. Um, that were like pretty big, pretty long. Um, it was, we like, we're smart enough not to lose money anymore. Like, And um, it was just fun. And then every tour after that, I don't think, I think that very first tour is the only time that I ever, we ever just had to put money into like buying gas after that like adam's really good at we come up with the 
dipshit design for like a layout and then he executes it you know and mm-hmm. like the shirts we would have friends that would draw we'd have like an idea for a shirt that was like a plot twist in a movie or something we from the very get-go we always had stuff so that we would never be asked out you know and which took a lot of stress off of like actually touring because i we would go to the, the blockbuster by my house back in the day and every thursday they throw away all these dvd cases yeah so we'd get a trash bag of dvd cases and like burn these cds and put covers on them and like screen print shit put them in the dvd cases so like at our first show we already had like a record basically which became which had no vocals on it became later the backpack record that was a split with graceful and we, it was we put all of these like total recall songs on there but yeah yeah so i guess yes from the get-go we kind of knew what we were, we were doing and from the time we started tour, touring two years later we were touring europe already so it was good. That's nuts. That's exciting That's as hell. That's so wild, too. Um, it's all about, I think, just, like, knowing the right people and um, kind of, like, uh, reciprocating, you know? Like, my friend that does our stuff in Japan, like, I booked a tour for them here, and he put out a record for us there, and I put a record for him here, his band, Enswick. <laughs> and then, like, one of my best friends, Robert, who lives in Berlin, he's done all the Euro tours, and Similarly, like the first time in 08, we did Southeast Asia and we did Australia. It was that actually started because someone hit me up on MySpace asking me if I would ship a like a shirt to Australia. And I was, I responded, like, yeah, sure. You book shows in Australia? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, six months later, we were in Australia, like, on this tour with these, uh, with this band, Robotosaurus, who then came here and I put out a record for them. They're like super cool dudes. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's why, that's when I made fun of, like, big show things, when you made that comment about Peaches, that's, like, my most hated thing is that you go and play, like, the knitting factory or, like, a big place, and they're like, oh, we need 20% of your cut. I'm like, what the fuck for? And there's someone, like, putting a gate up. Like, if someone gets hurt, they want to get hurt. Just let them get hurt. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that's that's why uh, Punk and Hardcore is amazing, because most of the people that you ever come across are the people doing this stuff. It's not someone doing it for them, you know? Which makes it way more interesting to me. That's, I mean, honestly, like, there's there's people that, you know, like, we, Blade and I could be like, oh, yeah, you know, like, I look up to this person in punk and hardcore, but it's like, you don't always get, like, the Henry Rollins or the Ian Mackay. Like, sometimes you get people that, like, yeah. like you know, as much as I love Danzig, Danzig has said some stupid yeah. shit since, like, he's 1995 forward. <laughs> yeah. 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 He, yeah. He's yeah, also, yeah. like, a, yeah, he's probably, he's probably, like, a QAnon person, and he's, like, a... Yeah. You, like... Yeah, he's a dumb asshole. I mean, that that was one of the things I was always... Um, I, like, love Propagandi. It's, like, one sure. of my favorite bands. And, um... I was, like, didn't... I was always worried about that happening, but they're, from what I understand, at least with like Chris Hammond's Patreon and stuff, he's like, they're like legit dudes. And every time we play with them a couple times, they're always super nice. Like, yeah. Ghostland did play with them twice. But like, yeah, I worry about that. I mean, realistically, in any demographic, there's a large percentage of people that are pieces of shit. So it's, I mean, even if you look at all this stuff about, you know, like people being sketchy and hardcore and people doing wretched things. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. You kind of got to, you're kind of like weary a little bit, but yeah, 
people that's, I, usually if they're around that long and they're doing something like productive in that way or something that's semi-altruistic they're usually pretty cool yeah and that's like i i always want it to be that case but then it's like you know like you have people that their their legacy continues in some other way you know like i love the ramones like in my opinion they're like the greatest band of all time and like they're terrible don't get me wrong but i love the ramones but then like johnny ramones wife like what even is that like i don't understand how any of that works but johnny ramone himself was a reaganite republican oh yeah 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 yeah. no 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 no. i'm talking like currently (laughs) in the year 2021 yeah i don't understand how linda ramone even like you know she's She's a money mogul, I guess, but uh, she's like yeah, peddling no. the name of a band she wasn't in still, you know? yeah, yeah. But then Johnny Ramone, yeah, that was a separate thing altogether. Like, the fact he that that also, band even existed, like, what the fuck? He was a, he was a total fucking asshole, like, uh, Joey and Dee Dee, yeah, like, had their own set of problems, you know. And Dee Dee wrote, like, he was like the songwriter, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, like, 90% of their songs were written by him, and then he left, and then it was like, Joey was like, oh, people think I'm cool, and then, like, Joey wrote some fine songs, but then, like, yeah. once you get into, like, the CJ era and everything else, I'm like, yeah, yeah. alright. I mean, people need to know when to stop, too, which is something yeah. I'm very aware of <laughs> <laughs> when we when we talk about, you know, putting this... I've tried for a long time to keep Gorlock functional with, like, the people that are in it spread all over the place and it's just become harder and harder so I've decided yeah soon I mean we'll probably play some shows still but there's not gonna be any more records after this one that comes out I just need to finish it uh so as far as uh everything you know like and I know you guys have repressed like the first three big albums the Destination albums quite a few times do you guys have plans to do like uh like I thought about doing like a crazy I thought about doing a crazy box set at some point. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's like, in this genre of music, whatever it may be, DIY stuff, it's like, there's a point of saturation, you know? Sure. Like, we've, and we've had a lot of fucking records. We have like 10 or 10 pieces or something between the 7 inches and the 10 inches and the LPs and stuff. Um, I repressed a DTY record not that long ago. The Doombox was like in press up until like a year ago. Um, right. And now that's out of press finally because I'm like tired of pressing. The uh, Destination Time tomorrow was pressed a couple times, maybe three times. Destination Time today, I only pressed it once, but I pressed a lot of them. And it was the first oh, release okay. of the record. So I pressed like 3,000 of them or something ridiculous. But in 09, people bought more records than they do. Sure. So, um, sorry. Oh, uh, the later stuff, like the seven inch, like the LA seven inch, I pressed a lot of those too, and like seven inches go slower. And um, the new record, um, the last record, where you know it came out like during the pandemic stuff, so it's hard to tell right. what's going on. That was the annoying thing with my new band Sweat with Anthony from Dangers is that we put a 7 inch out like a month into the like in April so mm. we played some shows and then shit hit the fan <laughs> oh, and play any more shows and then um, it we're like putting out an LP and just waiting to kind of figure out how shit's gonna be you know yeah 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 um, so if 
you know, like when, when Graf Horlock kind of hits the coffin, if you will, uh, are you going to keep making music, you think, as other bands, you know, like things like Sweat or Ghost Limb or anything else? Uh, yeah, yes. There's like four other bands in instant. <laughs> so, well, I mean, I understand that, but it's just, you know, like, I guess what I meant was like, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to stop the one, does that mean you're going to stop all the other ones? I just, no. that was, that was kind of the question. There's, I mean, they're all connected, but I just put out this Ghostland record that came out like a month ago. It's, that's probably going to be the last Ghostland record just because of, um, I mean, we've been a band since 05 also. And, um, it's like two years ago, almost, um, the bass player broke his back. Like it worked like really bad, like space dust is vertebrae. He's doing like really good now. He's the one that's going to play in this live thing next month with sweat. But like dangerous isn't dead, even though it's like comatose. I'm not really in it anymore, but like a year and a half ago, we made some demos just because like Jack's technically in it, but we all made these demos together. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't know. We're, um, but that's really slow going and I'm not really the engine in that band Alice. So when I was, when we were going strong, we kind of both did stuff, but it's his band. I joined a couple of years into it. I joined in like 08 and it was started maybe 05, Dangerous was. So he's, that's kind of his band. And these other ones that are my bands, like I keep going and doing, like Sweat's my band, Ghost's my band, Gorlock's my band. One second. Thank you. That's Hell yeah. Food. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's right other, before like, we hit record, I had asked if we could. Uh, I had asked if my girlfriend could make us ramen, and so like she's like in the kitchen, like making eyes with me every couple minutes. Like, here's what we're doing now. Here's where we're at, and I'm like, okay, all right, cool. Well, we're only recording the audio, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the um, but there's there's several other bands too that are like related that people play, and like Neil from Ghosty has his own band, like. The drummer, Alex of Ghostlim, that was also in Dangerous for a long time, mm-hmm. some years ago. We decided just to like start jamming on other stuff that wasn't Ghostlim. That was like kind of more metal shit. And then, like Elliot from Touche has a band that sometimes I play in. It's like his band. You know, whenever they play live, it's, there's always stuff happening. Um. Yeah, we. In in Akron, I booked uh, I booked Dad Puncher's Warm Thoughts. What I, the, it's Warm Thoughts now, right? Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. So it's I booked. Funny. I booked. It, I'm sorry, please. It's funny that I play in that. Sometimes that's a band I'm talking about. Yeah, right? yeah. Because it's Elliot's band, and I love the Weaker Lens and stuff. Weaker Lens mm-hmm. one of my favorite bands, but it's like some of that stuff in that vein. But some of our friends would come and go. Like, I can't. They can't like reconcile seeing me play music like that, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, when you said you sometimes play in Elliot's, uh, one of Elliot's bands, my brain was like, "Fuck, this dude plays in Duke Nukem forever." Exactly. Yeah, that was, yeah, <laughs> was, that was like, my immediate oh, thought. Yeah, <laughs> my brain I was, was like, like oh, "Holy cool. shit!" <laughs> no, that was that was some other dudes. That's when I first met Elliot when he was a wee lad. He he was real nice. He came through. I want to say it was 2018, fall of 2018. He did like a a tour where like he just yeah. Yeah, he did I that. was trying to go on that with him, actually. It just didn't work he, out because I was working. 
he brought his I believe it was his girlfriend. I think it's his fiance now, but uh, he brought her uh, different girlfriend. But yes. Oh, continue. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> That's okay. He uh, he brought her along, and yeah, he was super nice. And like he had texted me earlier in the day, he's like, "You got any favorite songs? I'll play those." And I was like, "Oh shit, okay." And then he's like, one of the nicest guys on earth. Yeah, he can, he can do no wrong. He uh, Touche comes around quite a bit, and you know, like we always go. And it was always like, you know, we would buy tickets no matter what. And there was like one time they played like a big venue in Cleveland and it was like $40 because they were opening for Thursday. And I sent Jeremy a message and I was like, I don't want to be that guy, but can I just get guest list to see you guys? I hate Thursday. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. And then like they, I, we came up and he's like, you know, you're missing something great. Not liking Thursday. And I was like, maybe, but thanks. And then, you know, like it just became... Yeah, and that, I, I was just like, I just don't get it, you know? Like, I love United Nations, I just don't understand Thursday. Like, I don't get the appeal. UN's mm. just, it's more chaotic, so it's more fun, I guess. Yeah. But, I don't know. Um, that being the said, whole point of this yeah. podcast, Elliot Babin's a very nice man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's one of my favorite people. We're doing the, we're doing the John Muir Trail. We're doing, like, a 230-mile portion of the Pacific Crest Trail. In July, him and I. Dude. Oh, man. so cool. He's my hiking partner. Yeah. When That's we, an I mean, before all this shit happened. Same distance. I mean, you have, we have three weeks. So. Oh, okay. all right. My brain was like, <laughs> that's one day. <laughs> we did do, like, the Trans Catalina Trail and a bunch of other. There's, like, a lot of mountains around LA mm-hmm. that are, like, pretty close. And pretty high. There's like a ten thousand foot one that's like forty five minutes from here. I think, man, I don't know. Like Summit County, like Akron's, the county Akron's in. There's a lot of cool trails, but like I think the biggest one is like a ten mile bike trail that like goes through the county, you know. And then there's a trail like uh, Farallon's, like fifteen minutes from me. There's a trail that connects into the Buckeye Trail, but still, you know, like the trail itself is like a mile and a half, and then it works yeah. into the Buckeye Trail. Nothing, you know. I mean, oh yeah, you're not close to the Appalachian Trail, right? No. That's on the coast. No. <clears throat> I'm just into, I'm into like, endurance suffering to see how far we can go. Yeah. Also, you have to organize a lot less people than touring if you're just going hiking. <laughs> yeah, two of you and, you know, whatever you can fit in backpacks maybe, as opposed yes, to much. 10 plus people and equipment. <laughs> much easier. Now... With Gorlock, since you're laying it to rest, you know, like, album-wise, was there anything that you didn't accomplish that you really wanted to, or did you hit all of your high goals with Gorlock? Uh, well, we are always re- very realistic about it, because it had a built-in kill switch with the copyright infringement. But, um, I don't know, We, I, what was kind of neat in the past was that each of the bands had different things that they could do, and the other ones couldn't. Like... I don't know, like, Ghostland played with Hot Water Music and Propagandhi. Like, Gorlock wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Like, right. Dangerous would play with Converge sometimes, a couple times. And that's stuff that Gorlock probably wouldn't do either. But we would play with other bands that we liked, like, when they were good, I Hate God. And, you know, like, we would, we toured more than any of the bands and did everything kind of the way we wanted to do it without ever... I don't... I could honestly say that in... in the entire period, there was no time that we ever really compromised the way that we wanted to do things. 
when it comes to money or the way things are run or DIY or whatever ethic is involved, we always kind of, if it was something stupid, like one time we got asked to do the Cylon car festival <laughs> thing. And then it was with Morbid Angel too. And I was like, fuck, it was, it was a while ago. And, but then, you know, we was like, this is stupid. Why would a car come, what is a car company doing pandering to like metal people or hardcore right. people? That being said, my boys in that band, Thou, from New Orleans. Yeah. They did it, and they gave all the, they used all the money to bring over Moloch from England to do a tour here, like, cool. to tour with them. And then they, yeah. the shirt said, they, the only shirt they sold was a picture of Siren on fire, which was like, <laughs> awesome. That's sick. I was going to ask, man, did you do the car fest? <laughs> like, that would be yeah. a weird story. I mean, we've done pretty funny shit before, but, um, it's usually all within the realm of something acceptable. And we did Psycho Fest in Vegas. And we played yeah. the pre-fest at like 1 o'clock around this pool in the afternoon on like a Thursday. And it was like <laughs> fucking hilarious. Like that type of shit. Howie, do you have what, a specific uh, favorite memory that stands out to you? A weird shit like that? Where you just like, mm, you looked around and you're like, oh, this is fucking weird. Uh, it's just places, you know? Like places we played on big tours. Like places in like Malaysia or like Slovenia or there are always those times in in a set maybe not every set but definitely in some sets where you kind of like all get it at once and you kind of look at each other and you're like or you know like you're so tired you can barely breathe and you're mm-hmm. like you kind of do that yeah those, those things are sick to me there are some other like funny stories of time to you know, we're like dealing with police and stuff in different parts of the world. And this time that we were accused of like pushing this pregnant woman down the, down the stairs while we were playing a show in Sydney, things like that. <laughs> what? Like Australia? Yeah. Man, <laughs> how'd you wiggle out of it? Australia great. I was talking to the cop at like two in the morning. Like this makes absolutely no sense because this bouncer guy was like trying to say that this pregnant woman got kicked down the stairs that one of his bouncer guys got like cracked his rib on something and thank you (laughs) and that um, all this shit and they called the cops and we would have been deported because we never have work permits you know Yeah. so um, it was just like super funny I was like this is a totally untenable situation to the cop (laughs) and what's the guy's name you know the Australian, like, Jesse James, Ned Kelly? No. Are you aware of this person? I am not. He, has, uh, he had a beard like yours. So, and at the time, the singer, Gorlock Kyle, had a really long beard. Mm-hmm. And the guy, the cop goes, you fucking look like Ned Kelly. He's like, you guys can go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So there's so lots the- of memories. Um, Still ongoing. What uh, you know? Are are you are you waiting for the pandemic to slow down? Obviously, you know, aside from like touring, but are you waiting for the pandemic to to be done before you're like, all right, cool, we're we're done with Graf Orlock stuff? Or are you just gonna like, you know, do you have a specific date or? Not really. Okay. Um, there are times that because you know with the other people and because I kind of like do most of the running of it on the day to day stuff. 
the other people are kind of like way more detached, especially if they don't live here. Mm-hmm. So when I when I would be like fuck, I'm, I'd be you know, I'd get really resentful about it, and you'd just be like you know fuck, this just ended, and like I don't like having this open ended right thing that's I'm just nailing. I'm just doing merch for now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I've like kind of chilled out on that a little bit because I've been doing other things. But um, like we did some stuff right before the pandemic and then kind of like during it, like there's a decibel flexi came out and we did this like fucking stupid video. And then we that have like these, awesome, five, dude. <laughs> these five other songs that are going to come out when I, there's one more song in these vocals. Mm. Um, and then it's done. So then I guess like kind of moving away from this into just kind of like, not to say the other questions weren't stupid, but like stupid questions. So, uh, <laughs> okay. what, uh, like what's your, what's your favorite action movie of all time? Or like a top three predator. Okay. T- That's fine. T2. <laughs> and the Conan, uh, without Will Chamberlain. Yeah. I don't ever remember like which one's the barbarian and which one's the other one. Me either. Oh, maybe point break is sick. And so is red Dawn. Oh, dude. Oh, right. You, you mentioned Red Dawn earlier. My mom, I remember her telling me like the first time I watched it, she was like, this movie came out when I was in maybe middle school or elementary school. Um, thank you. Called your mom. My mom was born <laughs> in 74. Um, huh. and so, you know, she was like, it came out and she was like, I had to like talk to my dad because I thought it was like a real thing. You know, she was like, I was convinced that they were going to come to our school and like kill it's, us. It's like, it's pretty like frightening if you're a kid at that point you yeah. know because you've been especially with the ramp the ramp up it came out in 84 right it's first first pg-13 movie it's it's four three years in the reagan ramping up that cold war kind of like right bull, bullshit dialogue again and everyone's scared that's like the same time that the day after came out right yeah move right and a bunch of kids didn't go to school the next day because they're fucking scared that the world's gonna blow up yeah dude i like not even on the same level as that, but I remember, um, I remember, uh, fucking twelve twenty one, two thousand eleven or whatever, two thousand twelve, whenever like uh, two thousand twelve with John Cusack. <laughs> well, yeah, that movie, but uh, <laughs> like whatever the actual date was, oh. I was in school, and I remember like the school was just like, yeah, uh, if students don't want to come, you know, parents don't even have to sign anything. We get it. You know, people are afraid, blah, blah, blah. I love how, I love how, like, I'm not directing this to you, but white people in general, is that white people will just patently disregard anything that comes out of Mayan or Aztec culture, but they fixate on this one date and then decide that that's the end of the world. (laughs) And that's, that's what I thought was so strange was I was just like, why and they were just like uh you know the calendar and i was like is there anything else and they're like well it's the calendar and i was just like oh okay all right that shit happened like every five years in the middle ages yeah that 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 was the thing that i learned like when i went into college they they were just like hey you know this would have been a couple years ago and they talked about everything else and i was just like this was a much more reoccurring thing yeah i Um, remember uh, June 6, 2006, people were, like, taking medicine yeah, yeah. so oh, that yeah. their kids would be born earlier or later. And the remake oh, of The Omen shit. came out that day. <laughs> <laughs> the dumb thing about that 
is that the Gregorian calendar is like also arbitrary. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it's been readjusted from the Julian calendar, so it's like no date is any date. Yeah, like who fucking cares? <laughs> <laughs> like literally, time doesn't it's, matter. It's been adjusted over time. Like that's why you know, like during the time during the height of the Roman Empire, there were ten months, and now there's twelve. Right? Like there's anything yeah. adjusted. Um, ridiculous. I feel so bad because it's like you're talking to me about real things, and I'm just like, "Yo, so what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, Alien 3? Uh, no, it's fine. I I exist in both worlds. Too. Both <laughs> um, what? Uh, so in the in the same line with like your top three, what is like the worst action movie you've ever seen, or like a movie where it's like you watched it and you were just like, "This is a I'm buying a gun," you know, like you were that upset over it. Uh, probably the Total Recall remake. Oh, dude. I kind of forgot that existed until you just said that. No turbidium mining, no Mars, no Kuato. Come on. The Fuck Total Recall shit. remake was definitely... I think it still had the lady with three boobs, and I was like, all right, you got one thing. The dipshit thing about that is that, like, you can't... Well, first, this subject matter is Phil K. Dick, right? So mm-hmm. you can't fuck with that. And then Total Recall made such, like... It's such his own thing. It's like Paul Verhoeven. It's like sick as hell. Yeah. Like, why? Why do that to everybody? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. like the, Ro- the Robocop remake. Like, if that wouldn't have been called Robocop and it was just about drones and the military-industrial complex, like, just call it something else. Right. I've, I've never seen the Robocop remake. I stopped with three. I haven't seen, like, the sci-fi TV miniseries. I have not oh, seen yeah. the remake. I just, I was like, nah, I'm cool. Like, two and three were such a, a bad taste. Yeah, he has a jetpack yeah. in and Robocop 3. Um, <laughs> I saw the remake on a plane, so I didn't intentionally seek it out. Was it at least plane entertaining, or were you just like... Oh, yeah, it was fine. Worst. That's what I mean, is that it, it should have just called something else. <laughs> Alright. Like Terminator Salvation. Could have been called something else. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I was like, it's an interesting science fiction movie. It's just, I'm like... You, you've spent this long waiting to do an actual war of the machines, and this is what you opt for. And I was just like, okay, right on. Yeah. And wasn't it's Christian quizzical. Bale in it? Yeah. Yeah. He which I John also Hunter. thought that was kind of strange. I wasn't that mad about that because I don't like hate on Christian Bale, but mm-hmm. it was like she's just been adjusted. The, like the T eight hundreds should have been just something different. Yeah. You can still have yeah. Skynet and Cyberdyne or whatever. Um, More stupid questions, please. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. Uh, <laughs> what's uh, what's your top Black Flag album? Oh. Um, <sighs> usually, in voice stature, I like Dez or Ron Reyes. Really? Better okay. than I like Rollins. Yeah. Hmm. I like some of the old stuff. I don't know. Fuck. But as a record, it's hard to say. There's yeah. too much stuff. Well, like, I was going to say, especially I, because, I, like, any of that, yeah, the pre-Rollins the pre stuff, it's like, it was all compiled into, what, everything went black, and then everything mm-hmm. else, it's like seven inches with very interchangeable names. Everything went back, black was the first record I ever bought. Hell yeah. When I was, like, in seventh or eighth grade. Dude, it's that's like, so much cooler than the first album I ever bought. So, I mean, you're already doing better. 
The first album I ever bought was, uh, no, it wasn't even that cool. It was, uh, I was 10 and I, uh, I bought the Fort Minor CD because I liked that that? single. Uh, it was like a side band of Linkin Park. Oh, fuck. No, it's bad. Yeah, dude. I I thought it was going to be cool. I do. I feel terrible. I haven't told anyone before right now. Uh, the first album I owned, my mom bought me uh, Intergalactic by or not Intergalactic, Hello Nasty by the Beastie Boys on cassette. Yeah, that's okay. And I was like, I was like, that's way cooler. Why did I fuck that up like five years later? I have no mercy, contemporary or historical for new metal. Dude, <laughs> uh, so we just we just talked about this on the last episode. Uh, my new band, we released that EP, and this kid I'm friends with, he put it in the demo listen Facebook group. And I don't even know what that is, like, but it was it's run by all these people that think that they know more than everyone else, which is fine, like okay, whatever. Corn people? Uh, they they just think that they know everything about like punk and hardcore, but they called my band new metal. And I was like, I'm not even mad that you guys don't like my band. I'm just mad that I don't understand how we're new metal. Like Yeah, like don't call this high project William Park. <laughs> don't call us Fort Myers worship, dude. <laughs> But like that was it, never, and it's like it's it's been sitting with me for like two weeks. Like I can't get over what, it. What's crazy is that I had no idea that that was I've never even heard of that band. <laughs> I can't wait I'm for not, you I'm to not, like. I'm, <laughs> I'm not dissing you. I'm just saying. No, dude. I believe me. I was ten. I'm not. You know. I've I've moved on. Don't get me wrong. That's it good. was embarrassing, but yeah, I've I've moved on. What uh? I think I think you said what your first like metal band was. What was your first punk band? Did you say it was the Misfits or was it another one? Uh, that like I listened to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got into Misfits probably first. Okay. I, actually, the first tape I bought, I was wrong. I previously I said Walk Among Us, which in the end kind of has become one of my favorite eras of Misfits. Absolutely. Even though it's not like like canon, but I think the first one I bought was Earth AD. Right which on. Which I I love because like the heavy stuff appealed to me. Yeah. But I think what had happened was that I got all of the Misfits tapes that I could. And then I got the Minor Threat discography on tape. Yeah. And that was like it. <laughs> I I uh I I think I talked about it on like the proto episode of the podcast, but Blade and I have talked about it before. I um I was like 10 when I got into punk and I was like 11 or 12 and the girl I was dating at the time, like wanted you were me 10? to, you were dating yeah. someone. Yeah. Yeah. So Go on. I, I was, I was like 11 or 12 and the girl I was dating, like asked me to smoke weed and I was like, no, I'm cool. And then my dad was like, yo, you ever hear a minor threat? And I was like, no, I don't, I don't know what that is. And so it was like my dad yeah, of all people cool. was just like, yeah, man, straight edge is a thing, and so it was like Minor Threat was a was a big game changer for me. And I remember like getting out the complete discography on CD from my local library, and just like obsessing over it. All right, so Your I got nothing to uh, I had nothing to add about the Minor Threat, but uh, I've been pushing for Zach's dad to be on this podcast since day one. Zach's dad is one of the coolest cool guy. guys. Seems to know stuff. Yeah. Um. Speaking Sorry. of, do you have any, like, formative experiences to, like, lead you to put samples into songs? Because, like, when I was first learning about, like, sampling, because I grew up in, like, I'm still in Michigan. Like, there's, like, underground rap acts here that, like, 
from Detroit that were putting horror movie samples in their work, and I was like, oh, this fucking rules. And like, wait, when is I was... Necro from Detroit? <laughs> you know, don't truly know. Uh, House of Crazies Anything. are. They were the ones that like really stuck out to me. House of Crazies were the ones that were putting like horror movie samples in their work. They're pre Juggalo stuff, uh, so like that really stuck out to me as a kid. And uh, I looked up sampling as I got older. They're from New York. Sorry. Damn. (laughs) You're fine. And I was looking up, like, sampling in music, and, like, uh, Gorlock came up on a few discussion boards when I was looking into stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this also fucking rules. And uh, (laughs) what, like, led you guys to put samples into it? Did you just think it was cool and would sound good? Or was it, like, you heard it somewhere else and were like, oh, shit, we can do this too? Or was it because Uh, you didn't want that one guy to talk? Yeah. That's it. It was, well... I call it kind of this weird, uh, I forget what I call it, but like a canonization of cinema grind. There was a point where we decided that it was all going to be action movies and it's going to be samples. And that was maybe like, that wasn't like really totally thought out with the first record because we recorded eight songs that became that backpack. And um, then by the next thing, we were like, okay, yeah, this is like going to be a thing. But when we were fucking around with fake bands, that band Vehicular Manslaughter had samples. And we're, we're thinking, like, this is tight because you literally can't talk at the show because there's a sample between the songs. So when you would get tight enough, you know, and everyone's, like, in shape enough, you could play, like, an entire set without stopping. You know, and you just tune during samples. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what it would be. But, um... It was also cool because they were really highlighted because when we started, there was no one singing for the first... Like, the first thing that came out had no vocals on it. And then later we recorded vocals on it and put it out as something else. But maybe the first four or five shows, no one sang. So, like, it was really, really highlighted in that. And at first we had a doctor sample, like a 303, and now I have, have like, a 404 that I still use. But all the samples are on it. And I think of all the shows we've ever played, which has been a fuckload, there's maybe been one or two when we couldn't use a sampler. And once because there were no chords and nothing worked, like the PA was broken. And then mm-hmm. once in this last last tour, like two years ago in, in um, a show in Germany, there was like, there weren't enough chords or inputs in the PA. So like either we have no samples or only one of us gets to sing, right? So I ran it through like an amp and then the amp stopped working. But Fuck. it was funny because when we did it, we would just start saying the sample and then people would say the sample and then we'd play a song. Hell so yeah. <laughs> it was like <laughs> pretty funny. But it's been obviously a, a, part, a big part of all the stuff and an annoying thing for me because I have to play them through the entire set. <laughs> but it wasn't like, yeah, it was just cool. And it, it was like part of the part of the thing made it cool. To like be kind of this cohesive idea. Right on, man. Hell yeah. Blade, are you are you good on questions? Is there anything else you want to ask? Oh, I'm totally cool. Is there anything you want to plug or promote right now? Like, what's going on right now? What do you need to get out there for people to check out? And where can we find you? And how do they do that? There is a. So the label is called Vitriol Records, and there's officialrecords.bandcamp.com which has music on it and there's music everywhere of course because it's all online but there's also officialrecords.bigcartel.com which is a web store 
and like a month ago, the last Ghost on LP just came out. It's called The Only Measure is Labor Done Not Days, and it has like a book in it also that me and that I wrote and the bass player helped me with, which is basically like the history of the band and like all the tours we did and stuff. Kind of like, you know, trying to put a, a period on it, mostly because every Ghost in the Records never said anything about it in us. It just says like, name, name, name. It says like questions, comments, my email address. And that was intentional. No pictures, no nothing. Like, I guess if someone just found it or heard it, they would know nothing about us. Um, so that was the purpose of that. There's going to be some Warlock stuff coming soon. There's a new band called uh, Negative Blast. That's some of my friends in San Diego, people from Griever and Ludax, and they came to record and we put out. And then there's an LP that's been done for a while, just waiting for artwork. Um, it's a sweat, uh, my new band Sweat. It's called uh, Gotta Give It Up. And that's actually going to come out on Pirates Press Records, not on my label, but that's for various reasons. There's always some shit going on. Always is. Man, I'd love to thank you for your time. I really enjoyed this. Even though I'm not an action movie guy, that's why I played Silent Bob this entire time. But <laughs> no, I learned cool. a lot. This has been cool. Yeah. <laughs> it is, uh, it's always, uh, especially this day and age, it's always time to talk to people because I like, <clears throat> my job is teaching history. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, have classes of 100 people in lecture halls and stuff. And this last year has been kind of fucked because like everything I don't even do synchronous stuff so I just don't talk to anybody except people I play music with right so uh it's cool to talk to some people that I don't talk to normally so hell yeah we really appreciate it I'm always down and those weren't stupid questions even if I said so (laughs) (laughs) I I really appreciate that too I uh I I really like you know we're doing this and I'm I'm enjoying it but I'm like I don't actually have like an end game here it's just like we're just gonna keep asking people to come on and then like with you you were like I I I just I don't know man you know and I'm like fuck it and um you were like well I prefer action movies but I'll still do it and I was like that's fine I don't even care like I was like I, it's it's all the same to me like because yeah. I we're fans you know and and I feel weird because I'm like I'm not trying to be like that Punisher guy but I'm just like no, it's, it's, no, <laughs> I'm the same way with fans I listen to it's like there are people that you see or come across at shows or sometimes you're like you or like I don't want to say something I'll be like what's up <laughs> yeah or, for sure you're like Can, I just want to hear this record and they're probably like trash later on right yeah. <laughs> earlier no, you were like yeah I'm the one that played in Dangerous 2 and I was like oh fuck messy isn't it was really influential to me as a teenager how do I say oh, something like that that's a drummer <laughs> so that was that cohort of people thank you also that cohort of people was myself Al the singer the drummer Ghostly mm-hmm. we were the ones that recorded it God, the record was just so good for me when I found it. Like, it was what I needed at that moment, and it continued to be that for a long time. That's the one, it's got the woman with the gun in her mouth? Absolutely, that is that cover. That's Al's hand. (laughs) It is one of the tightest album covers I've ever seen also, and I think about that a lot when going to do artwork. We took a picture of her just, like, standing there with it. That's who that's from. (laughs) No, but I'm glad to hear, because I, I, you know... I've been friends with Al forever, and I had to kind of unceremoniously leave the band. I gave them a year. Yeah. After that, I mean, we did the last record and some stuff, but I sometimes have mixed feelings about it. 
occasionally just because of personalities and the way that I write music and he writes music and mm-hmm. the things that we do differently. So it's nice sometimes to hear that people are like care about a record. Oh yeah, dude, for sure. And then Zach texted me, he's like, Yeah, so uh Jason from Graph Orlock agreed to come on the podcast and I was like, Don't fuck around. Like don't lie. <laughs> There's no way somebody like that said I sure. Mean, <laughs> I mean it's cool. It's like I said, it's usually Every day, what I do is I wake up and I go like package a couple of things and I talk to some people that have questions about where their orders are. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. that's. Uh, but when tours are on, like, I usually will book the tours or I'm involved in that and like getting all the records pressed and, and stuff like that. So when we go somewhere, we went to Australia once and we played the show in like Melbourne and there were like three people at the show that had vitriol shirts and I was like it blew my mind because I had to have mailed them to them. Right. You know, like they're not anywhere else. <laughs> and they walk up and like, Hey, what's your name? And they'll tell me their name. I'm like, I mailed that to you. And then they start talking like, if you remember my name? Like, yeah, I mail all this stuff. Like, right. see these Oh yeah, dude. That's why you're like, uh, we're talking about the fest, you know, it's funny to me to think I get, you know, like there are merch people and things like that. When stuff right. needs to be taken care of in festivals. But I prefer to just be like, put my shit away and then just go stand there because someone's going to come up that has something interesting to say or that, you know, like, oh, I saw you play fucking 12 years ago when I was three. And you're like, whoa, (laughs) it's crazy. (laughs) Especially being around that long, you know, it's like there there are people, we played the Northeast like mm, a year and a half ago um, for like a weekend and we hadn't been there since 14. I think, and people were like, I just came to see you guys play because I hadn't seen you, you play in like five years, and I'm five years old. It's like, that's sick. Hell yeah. Well, um, yes. thank you again. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, Hell yeah. Nice uh, e meeting you. Yeah, of yeah. course. Hell yeah, dude. Um, thanks as always for listening. Uh, we're, we're good.